This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. This is a story of three guys and how they changed all of our lives. It is Thomas Edison, who everybody in the world thinks is the hero, villain, Um, The guy who becomes the first mad scientist in America, Nikolai Tesla. Unbelievable hero. And then the third one, an axe murderer. Who doesn't need a good axe murder story? Three guys, one from Ohio, one from uh, New York, and one from Croatia coming together. And the axe murderer is the point of impact that changes not just their story, his story, his story, his story, but our story as well. It changes us entirely. And it all hinges on a dentist in Buffalo, New York. What's not to love? Most people know who Thomas Edison is, I think. But then again, nobody knows history anymore, so probably not. He's the guy, he's the reason we go to movies. He's the guy who invented the movie, um, the, the projector and the camera. He is uh, the guy, if you have an MP3 player, this is the original iPod. Um, this was a wax cylinder, and here you can see the wax cylinder here. And there's grooves on this. And you would put it in here, and then you would close it. You'd put the needle down, and you would start it spinning like it is now. And let's see if we can hear anything. Yeah, doesn't that sound great? Now, you can make it sound better if you put a horn on it. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the yeah, that was the kind of quality entertainment you would have um, back in, in Edison's time. Edison um, he made this, and then he became fascinated with sound. He's deaf. He's deaf from when he was a boy, and caught a train car on fire, and the engineer went, Poof, "What are you stupid?" hit him on the ear, and that's where he lost his hearing. But he's fascinated by sound. He's the guy who gives us reproductive sound for the first time. He also he also invents some creepy stuff. Um, his doll, spooky as heck. This doll, you um, pulled the cord, and they just actually found one, and for the very first time, the Library of Congress was able to... Um, take the cylinder out and repair it enough to be able to reproduce the sound of the doll 
here's the doll doing the night-night prayers for um, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. Listen to this. I'm not sleeping for a month if the doll does that. I don't know about you, but I'm like, no, thank you, Dad. Don't, no, no, leave the light on. Thank you. Leave the light on. Door open. Farther. Farther. So he's doing all these great inventions. But his arch nemesis is Nikolai Tesla, who came over from Croatia to America to help him. But he's arrogant. He's greedy. Edison is is into the destruction of anybody who gets into his way. He is with all of the powerful people. He gets in with the government. He uses the system to be able to steamroll anybody else who might have a good idea. So he tries to steamroll um, Tesla. And he almost wins if it wasn't that Tesla just had this spirit about him that I know it's true, I know what I can do, and I know what's on the horizon because I can see it. And he can literally see things three-dimensionally. Nobody does that. Nobody can think that way. He's here and here where Edison is here and in his wallet. So Tesla, after working a few jobs on um, in the ditches, digging ditches, just to make enough money to find some investors to do something that he saw, I'd like to say in his mind, but I don't think it was. When he was last put into a mental institution for exhaustion, he had a vision. And, and you have to read his story and figure out, was he nuts? Or did he actually see visions? Was he somehow or another aided in this age to bring us things that were 150 years ahead of their time? He's coming out of a mental institution and he's strolling down in a park with his friend. And all of a sudden they're talking and Tesla just stops. And he looks up towards the sun and he starts talking to the sun and yes well that's it where did you get it and his friend is like okay Nikolai time to go let's sit down he takes him and he tries to bring him over to the park bench to sit him down Tesla says leave me alone leave me alone quiet he's looking at it can I can I take it with me well can I at least draw it can I trace it He goes and he finds a stick and he keeps looking up and he traces and draws something out. It's the AC induction motor. The AC induction motor that we now use in the hydroelectric plants. It's the same induction motor that is running our power generation today. It was out of the sky, dropped in his lap. He goes to Westinghouse. He finds Westinghouse. Now, Westinghouse is this guy that everybody loves. 
He is one with the people. He takes care of his people. He's a decent, hardworking guy. Here's one of the most powerful people, definitely the most powerful person in Pittsburgh. And he is, he's beloved by everybody. He is not Cornelius Vanderbilt, the guy who ran the trains, who was a beast of a guy. He's a man of the people. And he loves the idea of what tomorrow we can do. So he's fascinated by inventors and he hears about Tesla and he says, tell me about your AC electric. They begin to work together and they begin to make money. And Edison now hears that this AC power is starting to gain steam and he and Westinghouse, Tesla and Westinghouse have something. Because Edison is not, doesn't believe in healthy competition, he believes in destroying the competition, he starts to go dark. This is when we first meet our dentist, Southwick. Southwick is um, a guy, Alfred Southwick, that lives up in Buffalo, New York, and it's about 1881, and he sees he sees a guy touch the third rail of a train track. That has all of the juice on it. He touches it and the guy is thrown back a few yards from the electric shock and dead. Southwick sees this and says, I, I, I'm against execution because it's so brutal. Hanging somebody from the neck is just so awful. There's gotta be a better way to kill people. Why he's thinking about this, I have no idea. So he decides to write Edison because he's the father of electricity. He's the guy who's electrifying the world. He's got to know, is that a good way to use for electrocution? Edison doesn't pay any attention, reads it, puts it away. Doesn't pay any attention to it. Until Tesla and Westinghouse, years later, begin to make progress against DC electric. Then Edison goes massively dark, massively dark. This is where I think Edison becomes the true villain of history. And this is the part of the story I want everybody to hear because everything you ever learned about Thomas Edison is worthless without this part of the story because you're only telling the happy parts. You have to have the dark side. So. Edison knows he's got to beat Westinghouse and Tesla, but he can't do it. He can't do it with DC power because it won't work. So he begins the war of the currents as it's now known. And the first thing he does is he, he sees um, uh, Harold Brown, a, a, an op-ed piece in a newspaper written by Harold Brown. Harold Brown's a guy who works for another electric company and um, He's talking about the dangers of AC power because it's current. Like I can touch the ends of batteries and I'm not going to kill myself. But if I stick hairpins into a, a I'm going to kill myself. Too dangerous, too dangerous to have in people's houses. Well, that's only because of DC power. They're only using this as propaganda. So, so Edison reads that and he thinks that is great. I love this guy calls him into the office, says, so tell me about your problems with AC power. 
He says, my gosh, it's so dangerous. Do you know you could kill a horse with that? No. Yes. Yes. I, I've been thinking about it, and I could devise something that I could give an electric shock with Tesla's AC power and kill a horse right in front of people. I could fry a dog and set him on fire with Tesla's electricity. Can't do that with yours, Tom. Tom says, no. My gosh, that would be... Whew. That that'd be you know that would be almost a public service if you went around and and told people how dangerous that really is. Wow. Well, if you ever wanted to do that, I'm sure somebody would be able to find some money to help fund that project because that's a public service. Well, Harold is now in with the great the Wizard of Menlo Park. He's in with the greatest man of all alive. You know, Tom is right. I've got to do that. So he gets with a doctor and he puts this little traveling show together and they go to schools, they go to churches, they go to fairs, they go everywhere they can to put on this traveling shows of the evil and the dangers of AC power from Mr. Westinghouse and Mr. Tesla. That's going to kill people. That's going to kill your children. They did some of the most horrific things ever. They started to electrocute dogs and cats and horses and, and um, cows. And they would bring people into the small tent and then they would just turn the juice on these animals and the animals would fry and some of them would burst into flames. It was horrible. No one ever forgot what Harold Brown was bringing to town. And no one ever forgot what Tesla and Westinghouse were trying to put into your house. Tesla saw this and he's like, we are losing the PR battle. We'll never make it. Never. Westinghouse said, patience, patience. I have an idea that will change everything. Tesla said, we're running out of time. Patience. Patience. What Westinghouse knew was that it would be it would be Westinghouse and Tesla in one event that would settle the war of currents. And that event happened to be the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. We have to make one more stop before the World's Fair. We have to go back now in the right time and placement where this whole story began with William Kemmler. William Kemmler happened to be from the very same town that the dentist Southwick was from the guy who is writing to Edison saying, there's got to be a better way to do executions. Kemmler is this, is this poor soul that had lost his way early in life and uh, was just a very loud, drunk, but violent. He didn't have a chance at life. He was a pushcart salesman and he would He'd push his cart and sell whatever it is he could find, and he would try to sell fruits and vegetables, whatever he could find. 
He was uh, married to a, a woman, Tilly was her name. They had a child. And he came home after work and put his push cart in the front. And an argument broke out between the two of them in this, in this crowded apartment complex. And um, he ended up going downstairs to his push cart and getting an axe, a hatchet. And he dismembered Tilly in the kitchen. He just killed her and dismembered in a horrific, horrific way. We think we're queasy about, you know, you don't want to show these things on TV. At the time, the newspapers loved it. The more blood, the bigger the headlines. They were the entertainment of the day. So this was a huge story of this guy coming home drunk, dismembering his wife in front of his crying child, and then kicking the door open, walking through the crowd and saying, yeah, well, they'll hang me for that when they find out. Southwick is in the same town. He's been writing to Edison, saying there's got to be a better way to hang than hang. Edison, now in the War of Currents, sees another letter from Southwick. And he thinks to himself, oh, oh, there is a better way. And it certainly isn't with my electricity. It's not with DC, because that isn't powerful enough, of course. But what Westinghouse? It's a killing machine. So he recommends that you use Westinghouse Electric and Mr. Tesla's design to kill people, because surely that will kill anyone quickly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've seen this guy. I don't know anything about him, this, this Mr. Brown that is traveling around. Nobody knows that Edison is in collusion with Brown. Nobody sees this one coming. And so because Edison is the man of the hour, everybody thinks, well, he's right. It must be Westinghouse Electric. If that's what you're putting into your home, as Edison would later say, the electricity that is used for the electric chair, you probably don't want it around your family and your kids. He wins if this goes through, he thinks. They build an electric chair. It goes back and forth in court. Edison actually has to testify. His people have to testify. Westinghouse testifies because Westinghouse is saying, no, no, don't use mine for an electric chair. It won't work. It will be ugly. It will be worse than hanging. Don't do it. Edison says, no, 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 it's going to be great. Oh, you turn the juice up. I'm telling you, you need a thousand volts of his kind of electricity and it'll kill him that fast. Well, because Edison is the one with credibility, court says, build the electric chair in New York. And they do. By the time they go to kill well, William Kemmler, Kemmler is a guy who is, um, he's changed. He's been away from alcohol for over a year now. He is deeply sorry. He has been taking scripture studies. He is truly a changed man. This is back in a time where you weren't trying to be a changed man so you could get out. You were dead. And he knew he was dead. He was actually a changed man. So much so that he would counsel other prisoners. He would, he would bring them the good news. 
before they were executed by hanging. He was a special case. He had to wait for the electric chair to be built. Um, on the day that they killed uh, Kemmler, he, uh, he was met by the warden early in the morning. And they, they prayed together, read the scriptures together. And Kemmler said, you know, warden, I have this coming. I deserve this and so much more. But I'm not afraid because I know where I'm going. And it's all good. He's truly a changed man. So much so that all of the guards are crying as he's walking to the electric chair. He sits down in the electric chair and they shave his head so they can put the wires on his head, put the metal on his head. They ask him to get up and they cut a hole in the back of his jacket and his shirt so they can put a, another wire around him. They wire his legs, strap his legs in, and then they strap his hands in the chair. He's kind and he's, he's not fighting anyone. In fact, after they get him all strapped in, he whispers for the warden to come here. He whispers in the warden's ear, Warden, things will look bad for you if, if I thrash about and my arm is not bound tightly enough. With tears running down his cheek, the warden tightens the strap on that arm. And Kemmler looks at him. It's good. At this time, there are people in a room, just like this. It wasn't a death chamber, it was just a room with an electric chair. And the switch was down in the basement with the generators. And there are women and people all in the room, reporters. This is historic first electrocution. Kemmler looks at the warden. Pull the switch. They pull the switch and Kemmler's body tightens up and moves and is down for a minute of a thousand volts. Longer than Edison said it would take to kill a man. The doctor comes over and puts the stethoscope and listens, pronounces him dead. Everyone is a little shocked and unsteady, but good. And a woman screams, Dear God, look. And he's moving his hand and he's beginning to breathe. That's when the warden says, Quickly! 2,000 volts, throw the switch, and he throws the switch again. Now this time, it's double the power that Edison said that it would take. You're now frying and cooking him from the inside out, and his body is shaking and beginning to smoke. Some reporters say that he actually burst into flame, and you could smell the burning flesh. This went on and on and on until they were sure no one could survive that. They turn it off. 
people, women had tried to get up, men had tried to get up and get out of the room to vomit. They couldn't make it fast enough. People were vomiting in the room. It was a horror show as this man was now smoldering in the chair. Westinghouse was asked for a comment afterwards. Remember, he testified against it and said, don't do that. They asked him for a comment. He said, it would have been better if you had killed him with an axe. No one asked Edison whose idea it was. No one asked Mr. Edison for a comment. The opportunity for Westinghouse and Tesla is now at hand. It's just over the horizon. It's the Chicago World's Fair, 1893. This is the Columbia Exposition. This is the world saying, come to the Americas. Let us show you who we are and we are on the horizon. This World's Fair is, is Disneyland um, and, and Silicon Valley combined. It is everything Microsoft has released in the last 15 years and Apple combined. Nobody knows. Imagine going back to the time where your phone is tethered or, you know, you used to watch uh, Larry Hagman on Dallas with a big, huge phone that had the big wire and the big battery. Imagine going from that and then seeing the iPhone never seeing anything but television and then seeing the iPad, being able to download things. It was that different of a world at the World's Fair. And it was, it was called the White City for a reason. It was going to be completely lit by the new electric light bulb. And Edison wanted uh, the contract, but so did Westinghouse. Westinghouse was willing to lowball to make sure he got it from Edison because this was their chance to show AC power. Whoever got the Chicago World's Fair would win the War of Currents. When they opened up the envelopes because it was a sealed bid, it went to Westinghouse. Westinghouse couldn't be more pleased. He had bid, I think it was $399,000 to provide all of the um, power for the Chicago World's Fair, and they were going to light it up. Now, I've seen pictures of this particular World's Fair, and I've seen a painting at night. And I remember seeing this painting, and it is of the main area of the World's Fair, where you, where you have the great hall with all of the great art and the, uh, and the uh, mechanics hall with all of the machines. And um, the Hall of Electricity, which has the first electric chair in it. Um, you know, if you're ghoulish enough to go see that, where did they kill Kemmler? Right here in the Hall of Electricity. But it is all lit up. The painting I saw is, is all lit up and there's fireworks in the sky. And I thought to myself, what a stupid turn the lights off for the fireworks. Oh, wait a minute the fireworks would be less impressive than the lights. You'd seen fireworks before. You'd never seen outdoor lights before. So they knew they had them. They knew they won. But it was about six or eight months before the World's Fair that 
Edison dropped his last shoe. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Mr. Tesla, Mr. Westinghouse, I am so sorry. I'm such a dummy. I didn't even think of this. And now here you've gone. You've wired for the whole state fair. You've got the generators in. You've got everything. My gosh, I forgot to tell you. I have a patent on my light bulb. Oh, it took me years to invent a light bulb. Oh, how you guys are going to do it in six months. Whew. It's going to be quite... Uh, by the way, I'll have to sue you if you use it, but good luck with that. Westinghouse said we're doomed. Again, the man born in a lightning storm said, don't worry, I've got it. Within a few months... He had developed a brand new light bulb. You've seen them before. I didn't know what they were, but they're the ones with the two prongs down at the bottom of the socket. Um, I don't even know if they make them anymore, but I remember seeing them as kids. That is a Tesla light bulb. The one that screws in, that's the Edison light bulb. But the system that he created went far beyond anything anybody had ever seen. He at the World's Fair, along with Westinghouse, created three times the amount of energy than the rest of Chicago even needed just for the World's Fair. He also had something called the Egg of Columbus, which spun around and somehow or another created enough electricity and pushed it through the air that on the other side of the exhibition, he had what is the precursor to fluorescent lights receiving enough power to power the fluorescent lights without any wires. Things that had never before seen, things that we would be amazed at today. And it's, and it's these things that um, got in the end Westinghouse, the, the contract for Niagara Falls, the first hydroelectric power plant using that same engine that Tesla had been given from the sky. So Tesla came up with a whole new way of making a light bulb in just a couple of months, something that Edison could never have done. They blew all of the glass for every single light bulb, made every single filament, and they lit the uh, skies of Chicago and brought to life the white city. The War of Currents is over. Tesla and Edison don't really recover from this point. Edison eventually gets what is coming to him in 1903. Now this is 10 years after the War of Currents is over. Everybody knows that we're not going to DC power. And Edison hears a story of an elephant in Coney Island. And this elephant at Coney Island was horribly abused. She had a trainer, an elephant trainer, who was a drunk and just a bad guy and had been abusing her forever. And one day he comes with a group of drunk friends and he wants to show off and how powerful he is compared to this gigantic elephant and he's smoking a cigar and 
He takes the cigar and grabs the elephant's trunk and grinds the cigar out in the trunk. Topsy the elephant's had enough. She rears up and she stomps him to death. And just like in the movie Dumbo, mad elephant, mad elephant. So they have to put this elephant down. Well, Edison reads about it and decides, I can take care of that elephant and I can make a movie. When I first was doing my research on Tesla and Edison and trying to get to know what the truth is, what, what, what is their story? I get to Edison and his story. And I, I can't believe Topsy Elephant. So I start going, I go online. And first I put Topsy Elephant in, and, uh, and, and it pops up a YouTube video, a, a video, a film made by Edison of this horror show where he has, he has chained this elephant down with, with metal and made him stand on a, on a metal plate. And then he throws the switch and he electrocutes this elephant. There's no reason to do it. He saw what happened with the last electrocution in New York. Why would you make, he not only does it to put the elephant down, he's doing it out of spite. He's doing it for his cheap thrills. He's doing it in front of a crowd. It's at this point, I really despise Thomas Edison. Tesla is making money, the World's Fair has gone well, it's now time for him to really make it big. But unfortunately, Westinghouse is not in the position of doing it, because Westinghouse had to spend all of that money on those light bulbs. They're losing their shirt. Tesla was given a big portion of the money for the AC generator. He was going to be wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. But now, because of the light bulb, Westinghouse had to sell other portions of his company. Now, the whole thing is coming down, and the banks are going to take control of Westinghouse. And Mr. Westinghouse says, Nikolai, we're both going to be out. Nikolai takes his contract from Westinghouse, promising him millions of dollars, and tears it up and says, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me. Don't pay me anything. Westinghouse says, are you crazy? He says, you don't owe me a dime. You don't owe me, there's a, something much bigger on the horizon. Don't worry about it. So he walks away penniless, but he's now the superstar. So he gets, um, he gets some funding, enough funding, to be able to go out to Colorado. He goes out to Colorado Springs and he freaks the natives out a bit. He builds a, a laboratory there and what is called a Tesla coil. A Tesla coil is this amazing machine. He can make 150 foot lightning bolts. He, he is, he believes he is electric and he has lightning bolts running through him. It's, it's nuts. Um, but he's famous. He's got some real celebrity to him. He's, he's got friends like Mark Twain. There's this great picture of Mark Twain holding a light bulb in Tesla's uh, studio, and it's illuminated. This comes 
from what Tesla now is working on. Things that are far beyond us. Free electricity in the air. He goes to Colorado and he builds a Tesla coil big enough and with enough juice. When he cranks that thing up, it is pulling electricity from the air and it is driving it into the ground. There's a picture of of uh, Tesla where he is taking light bulbs and he is putting them like plants in the dirt and they're all lighting because he has electrified everything. So the the um, the induction charger, you know, where you have your cell phone and you put your cell phone on the charging station and you don't have to. That's that's Tesla. But that's not even what Tesla did. Tesla's way ahead of that brand new technology. He is. You don't have. To, you want to plug something in? Plug it into the dirt. You, you you need a light bulb. Just grab onto the light. You don't need a, a switch. You just grab onto the light and look for where you. Everything has been electrified. It's incredible. But he uses so much power on his experiments that he actually sets the power plant on fire. And so the people are like, "Okay, spooky dude, you should move." He goes back east, and he meets with J.P. Morgan, and um, Morgan is interested in one part of what Nikolai Tesla wants to do, and that is being able to send messages through the air. Now the telephone is there, but everything has to be wired. And Tesla comes to him and says. I think we can send signals to the air and much, much more. And he said, "I, I, I, I want to come to Long Island, and I want to build, um, I want to build what's called Warden Cliff. Warden Cliff is this big, elaborate, like power generating station that has a giant Tesla coil that would have pushed electricity everywhere and pulled electricity from the sky." And he promises J.P. Morgan. He says, "Look, the first thing we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to send signals and even voices through the air." Well, Morgan is interested in this because if you can send signals through the air, now you can communicate at great distances, especially over water. Everything's coming in. Every all the shipping is coming in over the water to and from England. So he's very interested. He gives him the funding. Tesla starts to build Wardenclyffe and Marconi. Marconi, right across the uh, the water from Croatia, he invents the wireless radio. And the wireless radio, just the wireless dot and dash. J.P. Morgan calls him and says, "Okay, we're done. They've got it." He says, "Are you kidding me? We can do so much more with..." All right, no, no, no. You can have spoken word. You, 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 you will be able to have pictures go through the air. You, you'll be able to do all of these things. Anybody will be. He's basically what he describes is the cell phone. Anyone will be able to pick up a device anywhere in the world. They'll be able to talk to each other. They'll be able to see each other. They'll they'll they'll, they'll be able to share a document with one another. He's describing our life today, a hundred and twenty years ago. 
He says, and even better, it's all going to be free. Well, this gets J.P. Morgan's attention. He says, I'm sorry, what? It's all going to be free. And, and I'm going to provide electricity. So everyone, nobody will have to pay for electricity anymore. We build this power station and we're going to be able to do all of those things and no one will have to pay for electricity. I'm, I'm sorry, how do I make money? He ran into somebody who is just like Edison, was not seeing the future, was also not interested in the future unless he could make money. Tesla goes dark because all of his funding is gone. From this point forward, Tesla becomes a broken man that ends up literally claiming to be married to a pigeon. Everything that he invents from this moment, I think he is, at his birth, the midwife said, he's a child of great darkness. His mother said, no, he's a child of light. Up until to this point, he's a child of light. This last moment where he sees nobody wants to do it because it's right. Nobody wants to do it because it's great. It'll change lives. They only want to do it for money. Something snaps in him and everything about him changes. Everything, everything he invents from this point forward is an earthquake machine, a death ray, um, it, all these things that are just violent and nasty, um, he starts to become very OCD. He eventually can't go out of his hotel room. Um, he lives in the New Yorker and he has to have, he has to do everything three times. He has to have three pieces of toast, three eggs, three pieces of bacon. The number of his hotel room must be divisible by three. It, he's, he's gone full-fledged nuts. He wins a medal from the Edison Corporation and he gets an award from Edison towards the end of his life. Edison, his laboratory burns down. He says, I'm too old to rebuild it. But in the fitting ending for Edison, at least for me, who played his entire life all about money who played his entire life on Wall Street, who took businesses and patents away from people, used people to get what he wanted. Such a fitting ending for him. He's at home one day, and he gets a telegram. And it says, Dear Mr. Edison, the Edison Electric Company has changed its name it is now the General Electric Company, and your services are no longer required. GE took his entire life away from him in the end, just as he had taken other people's lives away from him. Fitting, I think. As I read Edison, 
I, my first lesson that I got from it was, we don't know jack about history. Everything they're teaching us is wrong. And maybe the dates are right or the names are right, but the story isn't right. His story is wrong. And that's the last lesson I think I get out of this. An axe murderer and a dentist change the course of people easily and changed our lives entirely. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. 